What's going on? Welcome to Don't Cut Me Off and Let Me Finish Podcast. My name is G Weave. Today is Monday, May 2nd. I'm back at it again. So let's get ready to have a conversation. Let's start it up, baby. say man you gotta let it play out you know what i'm saying you gotta let you gotta let these games play out you know uh you're not the players on the floor you can talk all that nonsense you want you can be a freaking expert you can be an ex-player it doesn't matter you are not the player on the floor that's playing the game every series is different from one to the other one series you can look like jesus on the floor the next series you can look like Fred Flintstone you know what I'm saying so it's not promised that you're going to play at a high level at all times and it takes in the playoffs for you to play at basically a great level every game because we're talking about trying to win a championship you know what I'm saying you just can't sit and think that everything's going to translate in order for Boston to be able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks who is a better team than Boston as far as as a full team, as far as a bench, um, and as far as having the best player on the floor. You know, the advantage goes to Milwaukee, though they're missing one of their top three players. You still have top two players, and that's all Boston really have is uh, top two players in Tatum and uh, Brown. And those two guys are going to have to play near God level in order for them to be able to beat the Bucks. If they don't do that, they're not going to beat the Bucks, man. It's just not going to happen. Um, as you see, the Bucks are very big. And some of the players even complain about, man, you know, the, the, the length, you know, it's disrupting them. Uh, and that's why, like I said, Tatum and... Um, Brown has to play at God level every game. It's not going to be enough for just them to play at an average level. This is not the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets truly only had two players, and the two players they had was Finesse. They didn't have Joe Harris. They didn't have a healthy Ben Simmons. They didn't have a healthy Blake Griffin. You know, uh, Curry didn't step up. Patty Mills didn't step up. You know, I believe if that team was at full strength, though their defense is weak, they probably could have beat Boston because they had a couple games where they could have won. So when you're making the comparison because they beat the Nets, who are not at full strength, and no and no fault of their own because injuries happen, but you can't compare that to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a healthy team that doesn't have Middleton. Um, and just because they lose Middleton doesn't, Middleton doesn't take them out of being a um a championship team they still have Giannis who's actually the best player in the league so it, it kind of baffled me to see all these so-called experts uh talk about how Boston is the best team and you know I'm gonna grind my gears because
because there's always one person who just don't like the city of Milwaukee and really just hate on Milwaukee. He's almost like the alternate of Skip Bayless when Skip Bayless hates on LeBron. Um, Giannis uh, is somebody that receives the hate from um, Stephen A. Smith. And, of course, you know I got a good example. You know I got to grind my gears. I'm going to always grind my gears. And this is why I grind my gears. Let me give you a little snippet of Stephen Naismith. NBA's best teams right now, Stephen A. Me personally, I got them right now as the best team in the Eastern Conference. That's how I feel about them because of the way they play defense collectively. That's where I'm at with it. I understand the, res the, the presence of Giannis Antetokounmpo and how he can neutralize anything or nullify anything. I also am watching Miami, and quietly, we all know I'm rooting for the Miami Heat. I mean, it ain't quiet no more. I'm just not, I'm just not denying it. <laughs> Devin, I'm, quiet. I'm rooting for the Miami Heat, okay? That, I mean, I'm rooting for the Miami Heat. That's where I want to be in June and May. I want to be because we got the Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference, ESPN has the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So, yeah. damn it, I'm not apologizing. I want Miami to win. But the bottom line is, is that when you look at Boston and the way they play defense collectively, along with the emergence of a Jason Tatum, uh, with a Jalen Brown and what have you. It made me a little bit nervous last night once Jalen Tatum, uh, Jason Tatum fouled out from that game. I'm just of the mindset that when you really, really look at it right now, because of the way Boston plays defense, because you got two dudes that can give you a bucket, because of the defensive wizardry of Marcus Smart and the coaching of, of Udoka, I, I, I'm just of the mindset that right now, I, I shouldn't say coaching because even though I love Udoka a lot, I love me some Eric Spolstra as well, who I consider to be one of the best in the game. Uh, but the bottom line, I think right now, if somebody said to me, I mean, who you rolling with? It would be Boston. I'm hoping Miami, though. Well, well Boston is the best team in the NBA. Let's make that very, very In the clear. NBA? In the NBA. You heard what oh, I said. That the, is not true. When, when, when did you decide that in all seriousness? I'm not messing no, with you. No, no, uh, no really, because, Molly, think about this. You remember we were on the show and I said yeah. that it, I, only could, I would pick Boston to be my favorite, mm -hmm. but the only reason that I didn't was, was because of the injury of Robert Williams. Yep. But what the Celtics have shown me is no other team in the NBA that's in the postseason that would have swept and did what they just did to the Brooklyn Nets. That's how great they are defensively. And I know we keep talking about how good or how much of a juggernaut Golden State the Warriors are. But still and all, offense win you games, defense win you championships. And when I look at these guys for us, they defensive lineup, it's no other team that have the, the, the perimeter defenders like the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum right now is the best two-way player in the game. Jalen Brown, we know how he locks down defensively. And don't get me started on Marcus Smart and what he could do to a person. Robert Williams. Hey, and this is what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I can't listen to more than more of that crap. Like I said, man, Big Perk, that beard is so heavy, it got him saying dumb stuff. <laughs> now, you got Boston, the best team in the NBA, which is false by a long stretch. Two players you named, Tatum and Jalen Brown. 
So you guys got them being the best team in the Eastern Conference for one. That's 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 uh Stephen A. And then big ten pound beard perk got them being the best team, period, because of their defense. Now, we all know defense wins championships, but also consistent offense. And the way it stands right now, as a team, their offense is is coming through Tatum or Jalen Brown. Name me somebody else on that team that's going to give you some offense, that's going to hit knockdown jumpers besides those two, two players. Please, please, please name me more than just two players because the only other player you got is Smart, and Smart just developed some offense. He just developed some offense. So if you got Smart defended, not scoring, if you slow down one of the two so-called top players that they have uh, in Brown and Tatum, then Boston will not win. And again, you bringing up a Nets team that was depleted. Of course, they're going to beat the Nets when only you have two players. And all you got to do is focus on two players. You don't have anybody else to worry about. When you go against a team that's fully balanced and that has the best two-way player in the league, in Giannis Antetokounmpo, then you're in trouble. When you have a seven-foot Brooke Lopez, when you have a 6'10 Bobby Portis, when you have a 6'3, 6'4 defending and scoring Drew Holiday, when you have a rugged defender and a knockdown shooter, in um, Clay uh, Wesley Matthews, and then you got a you got a scorer and a, and a, and a, and, a, and, a, and a okay defender as well in Pat Connaughton. Come on, man! The Bucks team is better than the Boston Celtics team. The Bucks team. Defense as a whole is better than Boston's defense as a whole. Williams has no offense. He has defense. He cannot stop Giannis. Al Horford cannot stop Giannis. The Boston Celtics as a team cannot stop Giannis. Giannis, though he had a bad game, still managed 24 points. Double digits rebounds. I think he had a triple double. I'm not. I'm not for sure. But the rest of the team showed up. That's why the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Whether they didn't have Middleton or not, it didn't matter. This is the makeup of a championship team. When you lose a star player, your other players step up. There's no such thing as winning a championship if you can't have some unsung hero heroes every now and then. And the Bucks have been through the wire. Look at their journey. Look at last year. And you think coming into this year, they haven't even missed a beat. So what gives anybody any reason to give a Boston team who was terrible in the first half of the season, kicked it in in the second half of the season, who doesn't have any pedigree. We're not talking about Tatum elevating. We already know he's going to do that. 
He's a great young player. But they don't have enough to win a championship. Because that means Tatum and Brown have to score at godly levels every game. And you need to get 20 points out of Marcus Smart. And you need to get some more scoring out of the rest of the team. It was evident yesterday. And then we see all these announcers. But Barkley say that Boston is going to win the series. Then when today rolls around, the tune has changed. But see, it's deeper than that. It's obvious that you got to have an opinion. So I'm not going to believe that it's some type of conspiracy with the Bucks. I'm going to believe that people genuinely, their opinion is Boston is better without Middleton. But that is so disrespectful in so many different ways. One, you're disrespecting Drew Holiday. Are we not knowing that Drew is a top player? You know how many teams wanted Drew for his offense and defense? Not too many years ago, they was basically pooping on Middleton. Middleton had his breakout game in the bubble, and he had a breakout last year. And he solidified, he solidified, his, he solidified himself as a legit number two. But Drew is not a poor man's number three. Drew is an elite player. Portis has proved himself already. He has nothing to prove. Brooke Lopez was an all-star, if we don't remember, who's capable of scoring 20 points and 12 rebounds and defending. And let's not forget, he's a legit seven-footer with skill. Then you got all-world player in Giannis. Wesley Matthews. Pat Connaughton. We got the uh, player from the Nets. We look at the Boston team, and they're top-heavy. It's just facts. They're very top-heavy. Their roster is top-heavy. So what made you think that the Nets was better than the Bucks? Because they wasn't. And what made you think that the Boston Celtics was going to roll in and play the Bucks? Like they played the Nets. I just don't get that. Let's look at the roster here. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. That's the top heavy players that they have. I'm not counting Al Horford. Derek White, Robert Williams III, a defensive center who can't score. Peyton Pitt Pritchard, Grant Williams, Daniel Theus, Sam Hauser, Aaron Naismith, and Nick Stalkis. Let's see who else they got on here. Roderick Thomas, Luke Cornett, Jawan Morgan, Matt Ryan, Malik Fitz. What? What? So you saying these players is going to beat the Bucks? Tatum, Brown, Smart, Robert Williams. That's their starters. Grant Williams. That's another player that they like. Daniel Theus. What? Hmm. So disrespectful to the champion. 
and the team that has the best team in the league right now. So, first of all, let's look at the Bucks roster. First of all, Giannis is better than the whole roster of the Boston Celtics. Let's keep that clear. So we have Giannis, Grayson Allen, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Serge Ibaka, Javon Carter, Pat Connaughton, Wesley Matthews. I can stop right there. I can stop right there. George Hill, who hasn't even made it back yet. Man, for it to be so many basketball experts out there, it is sad to see that they're basically saying two, three players of the Boston Celtics is better than the Milwaukee Bucks when Giannis is better than their whole roster. The, the Bucks clearly have the better roster without Middleton. Whit Middleton is not even close. And the Bucks showed you that yesterday. And they're not, it's not about bragging. It's just on paper and on the floor, they're not better. And Giannis didn't even have his best game. And Boston not shooting well is has to do with the Bucks defense. Stephen A. Smith, once again, talking out the side of his lining. Big Perk, again, talking, not making sense because his beard too heavy. Come on, man. Let these games play out. Y'all are not experts. Y'all experts at guessing. The players got to play in the end. We all know that Tatum and Brown has to play better than they play with the Nets. Tatum can't play the way he played with the Nets with the butt. He got to play better than that. Jalen got to play better than that. And we're talking about now these guys are hobbled. Brown has a slight hamstring issue. Who to say he's 100%? That type of situation can get worse, It especially if you don't properly rest it. Paul, Paul, uh, Chris Paul will tell you that. It's a very tricky situation. Now, Smart got a thigh contusion. And those hurt. Those don't just go away. It's a problem. The Bucks is a problem. Now Boston has to win the next game. Because if they don't, it's a problem. And the Bucks know that. The Bucks are not coming in being satisfied with winning the first game. They're coming in winning, wanting to win the second game knowing that Boston is coming at them with full throttle. But they are the champions who's been through it all. It doesn't matter. They've been there, done that. This is new for Boston. This ain't new for the Bucks. So for all those that were being disrespectful to the Bucks and saying that Boston can beat them, you can get a big fat, okay, move around, Michael Jackson, slide backwards. Let the series play out. We'll find out if you guys are right or not. But like I said before, Boston's going to have to play at a whole different level, the whole team, in order to beat that Bucks team. The Bucks is not about just one player. 
the only way it'd be somewhat comp- iffy if Giannis wasn't playing. Now, that's a different story. Just like if Boston lose one of their players, they lose Smart. If Smart can't go, they're in trouble. They, they lose Jalen, they're in trouble. They need all three, whereas the Bucks just need two. Actually, one, Giannis. They need two, and one of them have to be Giannis. So if it was Drew out and Middleton in, it they would still be able to win because they have such a good depth and a, such a good bench, and they have good knockdown shooters who plays tough defense and makes it hard for you. So all that talking came back to bite everybody. And they still trying to make excuses. But that's okay. That is okay. Miami beat Philly. But we knew that was going to happen. Philly without Embiid is not beating Miami. They have a better chance to beat Miami with Embiid. So if Embiid is not back to game three, that means they'll be down probably zero to two. If. James Harden is not the James Harden in Houston, which was averaging 35 points a game, then they're not going to beat Miami. James Harden is going to have to average 35, 10, and 10, basically a triple-double. And the rest of his team is going to have to step up. What is Tobias Harris getting paid for? Because he never shows up. Mackie, you're going to, Maxie, you're going to have to step up. This is this is the time where players become stars and start making a name for themselves. Again, James Harden at Harden, the playoffs is his kryptonite. If he don't figure out a way to overcome his playoff woes while Embiid is out, how do he figure that he's gonna get fifty million dollars a year and he don't perform in the playoffs? The wool is off now. You cannot fool anybody anymore. A team is not going to be willing to pay you that for just the regular season. But there's a team that probably will do that. But James Harden is looking like the James Harden in OKC. Where he just satisfied with scoring the bare minimum. He don't have a playoff gear. Well, like LeBron say, playoff mode activated. He can't do it like that. James Harden is the biggest disappointment in the league this year. For him to be a top 15 player, if he's even that anymore. Your name is made in the playoffs, not the regular season. If you're somebody that averaged 35 in a regular season, you're supposed to average 40 in the playoffs. Because 35 is your average. So on average, that's what you score. So you should be able to score 5 to 10 more points than your average. That's what makes a great player. The regular season is a game-to-game playoff. 
The playoffs is you playing against the same team which will make adjustments. How can you perform then when they're preparing for you, when they're creating a defense to stop you? How are you going to play when the refs don't give you those calls so you can get 18 points from the free throw line? It's a totally different ball game in the playoffs. The refs are not going to give you that. It's sad to see that Embiid has to carry a team still. You get rid of your best play, one of your best players. Yeah, he couldn't score, but he did so much more that James Harden's not doing. And he's seven feet damn near. If all y'all had to do was show some confidence in him instead of talking down on him, instead of trying to break him. The Nets will reap the benefits of the trade. I do believe. Kyrie will get paid his money. The pandemic situation is over. He will be able to play the majority of his games. He will get paid. That's that's a no-brainer. The Nets still have a window. Then we're looking at the Utah situation. Where they're saying that Gobert is saying either trade him or trade Donovan Mitchell. They're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. They'll get rid of it. Um, Rudy first. That's a fact. They'll most definitely get rid of Rudy first. Rudy, Rudy will not be left on that team. Donovan is the franchise player. Rudy doesn't give you the scoring punch that Donovan Mitchell gives you. So he just basically paid for his own ticket out of Utah. Or Utah might play hardball, so you ain't going nowhere. But once you make the locker room toxic, ain't no coming back from that. He hasn't said anything yet. I'm hoping he doesn't make that mistake. And um, we'll just have to wait and see. Dallas Mavericks going up against the Phoenix Suns. I believe the Suns will beat Dallas. Um, Dallas only got Luka. They got some solid players, but Phoenix is just better. You know, they're just better. They got Chris Paul, Devin. They're just better. So that series might be four to two. You know, or it, it, it who knows? Because Luca, yeah, Luca scores above his average. So Luca is good enough to lead his team. So I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a push back on what I just said. I believe Phoenix is gonna win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas give them a run for their money. I I, I will say that. The football draft is over. We watched a lot of teams make some upgrades. And I'm not a big Packers fan. But one thing I will say about their GM, he's no fool. There was no receiver worth making any trades at that time. And he took two stud defensive players from Georgia. Then he was able to move up 
and grab the receiver that he felt he wanted. That was 6'4", ran a 4'38", and Watson. And then they grabbed a couple more receivers and some offensive linemen and some more defensive players. Packers get an A in drafting. Still doesn't change my mind about Aaron and the type of player he is when it comes to um, making everyone better around him. Because when you make the decision that you don't want to throw to people because they drop a pass, then you're not someone that has faith in players. Everybody don't catch the ball. And if you can't show your players you have faith in them, then what type of leader are you? They shouldn't have faith in you to lead them to a playoff win because that's something that you have not done. You've lost to mediocre quarterbacks. You have to learn to be able to take criticism. I'm not a player. All I do is visualize and look. And what it looks like is you look the part in the regular season and you look normal in the playoffs. And the playoffs are the most important in any sport. You have to ascend better than what you were in the regular season. You have to coach better than you coach in the regular season. Everything is another level. The intensity is different. You cannot just play average or above average. It has to be at the highest level. That's what you train for. That's what you practice for. That's why you get $15 million a year. You play the game to win championships, not awards. What is a room full of awards without a championship? As a competitor, you want to be a champion. That starts from when you're in little league to big league to whatever. Any, in, in any sport, you talk to any player, that's what they thrive, strive for. Tennis players, Grand Slams, championships, baseball players, World Series, football players, NFL championships, Super Bowl rings, basketball players, NBA championships, hockey players, hockey championship, any sport, it doesn't matter, race car, whatever. You want a championship. That is what builds your legacy, your greatness. I'm not saying you can't be great without a championship. There are many of great players without championships. But it just moves you into a different category when you had them ring. I don't care if it's just one ring. It moves you into a different category. NFL football is going to be outstanding. I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating the season because it's just so many good quarterbacks and teams now. It's just, wow. The level of competition is going to be great. It's bad to see that Hopkins from Arizona is suspended six games again. Kyler Murray cannot be successful without having his best weapon. 
once again, you don't have your best weapon, then you're down to having to do everything again. And when that happens, all the pressure comes on you. But what Tyler have to realize, as the quarterback, as the leader of the team, you are basically the person with the ball in your hands more than anybody. You are the one throwing the ball to people to make touchdowns, though they have to catch it. But when that happens and you don't have the court, the, the receiver to catch the ball, sometimes you have to make things happen. The team also have to have players around you that can help you. But sometimes you may not have your best player. That's where if you are the best player and you are the quarterback, you have to elevate and lead something that Aaron Rodgers don't know how to do. He'll rather complain. He'll rather throw people under the bus. That's what he's been doing these past two years. I'm not going to talk about anything after that. All I'm saying is these past two years, they had a defense. They had an offense. At least top ten. And you still can't elevate your team to win a game. And that's damning on you. But you don't like criticism. You should take criticism with a grain of salt. It's nothing but words. The way you shut people up is performing. That's any sport, any team, any player. You want people to stop talking about you or saying stuff about you, perform. It's a performance game. And you got the bullseye on your back when you're making $25 million a year. And they're paying you because you're an elite player. You're an elite player that don't show up elite in the biggest moments. You're going to get talked about. Put your big boy pants on and deal with it. Because a mentally weak person can't handle that. This is your profession. If you're playing at a high level, at a dominant level, you're going to demand a team pay you. So why can't the team in turn, when the playoffs come around, and you're not playing at the level that they're paying you to play, why can't they complain? They can't take their money back. You're going to get that. But you should feel some type of way. I'm being paid to be an elite player, but I'm not performing in elite moments. And then you want to be fragile and feel some type of way when you criticize. Aaron goes out of his way to let people know, uh, you know, I don't appreciate people saying things about me. You don't even know me. It doesn't matter if they know you. They don't have to know you. They're, they're judging you based off your performance and your actions. Your actions and your performance is what make people critique you. It's not about disliking you. No one dislike you as a human. You seem like a pretty decent person. I don't know you. I wouldn't know. For sure. But ain't nobody going to sit and kiss your ass. They want to ask real questions. They want to ask why you can't perform at certain moments. What is needed for you to be able to? Why does that bother you? A competitor takes it on the chin. Hey, I got to get better. The team got to help me as well. I'm not making any excuses. I'm getting $50 million a year. There's no excuse. I failed. And I must do better. And I accept all the criticism that comes my way. That's what someone does that is 
taking accountability. The sportscasters, their job is to praise you and also tear you down. And you should know that already. And it shouldn't matter to you. Unless you got something else going on. Because mental health is real. But you go home to your fat crib, your fat bank account. It doesn't matter what words people say to you. As long as they don't touch you or disrespect you as far as your family. If they want to dog you as far as sports, this is free speech. If you're weak and soft, then you're probably in the wrong sport. Because football is a man's man's game. A man's man's game. And it's not for the mentally weak, believe me. Because you have to be tough. Because you're going to get games where people talk about you. Players, other players talk about you. Performance kills everything. Some people embrace the trash talk, the negativity. But some people fall and falter and break and get angry. Russell Westbrook getting called Westbrook. It began to affect him, his family, and it showed. But do you think he's not going to sign his $46 million player option? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to accept that. You know why? Because he knows teams don't think that he's the same player. So who's going to be willing to pay him that type of money? Nobody. He's not a fool. He ain't going nowhere. The Lakers going to have to trade him or come up with some type of extended payment plan and get rid of him that way but still play him, pay him until he's 60. He got another $46 million coming. And then after taxes, it's probably a cool 35 So he ain't really tripping about that. But this is what I'm talking about. You're paid to perform. If you don't perform, you will be held accountable. Football is a dangerous sport. These guys should have guaranteed contracts. It's sad to see these guys abuse their body. And they can just get cut for a team to avoid having to pay them. They'll just have to pay some type of penalty. But they don't have to pay the player. That's why these players are doing what they're doing. And I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're changing the market. It's going to make teams just stop paying certain players and look to draft better and get better at drafting and developing so you can keep the cheap route in place while you build strong around other areas. And when it's time to pay your player, you trade them, get some draft picks, maybe another solid player in return, and then draft a player. That's going to be the new concept. And let somebody else pay the player. So you don't put your team in a bind. The only player that's going to be getting paid like that is the quarterback. They will not allow every other position player to get paid like that. It's just, I'm telling you, 
Watch and see. Watch how it happens. But these players, playoffs, Memphis won that game. And this is why when you're taking on a team that have shooters, you have to play defense like flies on boo-boo. Excuse my language. You have to be on them. You can't allow Clay to get a clean look. That's easy. He can do that with his eyes closed. As soon as I see him get just a little space, I knew it was a knockdown. That's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Then you got Poole stepping up, giving you 30. Come on, man. Somebody coming off the bench giving you 30. That's a dangerous team. That's a team that possibly can go to the finals. It's going to be very interesting. That's all I can say. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all play out. But again, we just got to let it play out. We don't need expertise. Expertise are not in the game. Expertise are not coaching. So you can give your opinion, but you're not the players. The players dictate who's going to win. You can make your guess. You can make your educated guess. You can have your opinion as an ex-player who's been in those moments. But in the end, the one thing about basketball and playoff playoffs in general, anything can happen at any point in time that'll make you say, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Wow, I can't believe that the best team in the league lost to the worst team in the league. Believe it, it happens. Nothing is guaranteed. That's why I like to sit back. Yeah, critique. Yeah, give my opinion. Yeah, make my choice. Yeah, try to try to hope that it's right. But in the end, you just don't know. You're not promised to have a great game every game. It takes a team to win in any sports unless it's, a, it's, a, it's something like tennis or golf where you are, you truly dictate if you win or lose. Those type of sports are more difficult because if you don't play your A game at all times, you lose. Driving in NASCAR, driving in Formula One, if you don't drive your best, you lose. You truly dictate whether you win or lose. But in team sports, other, other people, the team, other players, performances dictate. Because you can be a, the best player on a team, score 50 a game, but still lose because you don't get contributions from other players. That's what makes team so important. It's not an individual game. That's why you have to let games play out. You might get a big game out of Rob Johnson off the bench, who never, ever scored 15 in a regular game, but gave you 29 one day. And that's the beautiful thing about team sports. You can get out-of-world, out-of-league-world performances from somebody that you don't expect. It's called stepping up and doing what they're paying you to do. But I appreciate you guys, man. Always, you know, I love the support. Um, I'm about to get out of here. 
Um, I enjoyed my time, as always, speaking to you guys. Hope you guys continue to listen. If not, it don't matter. I'm going to keep it pushing, you know. So other than that, I'm going to say peace, love, and I'll see you next time around.